0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Filmtasia. It's me, Ayush.
1: And I'm Ryan.
0: And we're doing part two of our That One Scene episode. We're going to keep going and talking about these individual scenes that really stood out to us in films. So before we go into that, I think we're going to change the format up a little bit instead of just rattling out examples at you. We're going to try to talk about, in a large sense, big picture sense, what it really means for a scene to achieve whatever we're looking at. So the first one here is recontextualization contextualizing a movie when i say that ryan what pops to mind first
1: plot twists is the main plot thing that shows. yeah
0: okay so you get that one scene that tells you hey everything you've learned up until this point can now see it in a new light and plot twists are the best way to do that because I feel like they're almost kind of the only way to do that. We just get harder and softer plot twists.
1: I could see plot twists like just slowly revealing themselves over time though. Like it could be spread out over several scenes. But I guess if we're talking about one specific scene, it'd have to be like big plot twists.
0: Yeah. It could be like a reveal of something, like not a reveal, but something you already know, but we get to see it in like its entirety. So it's not a plot twist. It's just, we've all been kind of building up to see what's going to be here.
1: Yeah. Like, I think Ex Machina is a good one for that, because that one's not like a big reveal. It's like you slowly learn that throughout the whole thing.
0: Mm -hmm. And the one scene just kind of confirms your fears in a sense. Yeah, right. Or the character's fears. But yeah.
1: Yeah. I really like the way that movie did it, actually. It's like the whole thing was built around, well, I mean, a lot of these movies are all built around, like, this specific crucial plot twist moment. But this one, it feels like they kind of, like, tell you from the beginning, nothing is as it seems. Don't trust anything you see throughout the entirety of the movie.
0: Exactly. And also, by the way, this section will be spoiler filled. So just skip ahead if you hear a movie name that you're not, uh, you don't want spoiled for you yet another one on this list that I think is it's hard to say it's a plot twist and heavy spoilers for the power of the dog the end scene of the power of the dog is a plot twist in the sense that I think you confirm what you're thinking but you don't have to pick up on it but if you do it makes everything feel a lot more sinister in a way
1: sinister wait which scene are you talking about
0: the the very last scene in power of the dog where he reads the quote from the bible and then he kind of like you see him put the rope away and then he just kind of stares out the window at his mom
1: and it's like he becomes the new uh the new phil yeah
0: yeah but in a way it's like it makes you think back to the whole movie and you think the power dynamic was completely different than what we thought it was yeah it's a really effective way
1: when you thought when i thought of recontextualizing movie for power of the dog i was thinking of whenever you realize that phil is gay and it was at the like the dead center Mm-hmm. When you're like, when you fully realize, oh, okay, that's why he's such an asshole to everyone. It's because he's like, okay. no one accepts of him.
0: I see. I see. Okay. I think we have two examples there of the two types of twists that we're talking about. Because the reveal yeah. at the end that you get that the kid has killed Phil is not super overt. And I think the movie wants you to like ruminate on that. But then the gay thing is very overt. It's very obvious and you're supposed to pick up on it. And that also makes all his actions towards uh, Kristen Dunst's character make more sense. Yeah. That's interesting, I like that, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, so I saw it not as a plot twist, but more like just a shift in tone or a shift in themes, right, if that makes sense, a shift in mood,
0: ooh, yes, a mood shift is another uh pretty big one, I think,
1: yeah, I think there's another one here that does it really well. It's uh audition, yes, <laughs> which we mentioned in the last episode because we talked about Ichi the killer because it's the same mm-hmm. uh director, I feel like everyone that knows the movie audition knows it for its knows horror its elements, right, yeah they know oh they watch it because they hear it's fucked up but then you watch it and then you're like an hour in you're like what the hell this is just a like a sad romance movie like nothing weird's happening at all and then somewhere halfway through i don't remember the exact scene that it was but it's just like all of a sudden the main girl that the guy was dating goes missing and then he tries to go and look for her and then he just slowly reveals more and more oh this girl is kind of fucked up yeah it's that hard
0: right turn into something completely different but it does help recontextualize the earlier parts it's not just a complete tonal shift and we're just gonna go balls to the wall like insane the rest of the way you look back on everything else and you're like oh yeah that is suspicious like that was really weird yeah yeah
1: i think his directing style actually fit for this movie like i don't think right. it did for ichi the killer because see, it's so I disorienting see. his mm-hmm. style or at least i found the way he edits it fair enough
0: yeah what else we have well we have the king of all uh of all plot twists m night Shyamalan, and the way his plot twists reveal themselves and i'm sure people have ranked them individually how good and bad they are just on the the sole idea of the plot twist yeah but there's some good ones in there and some bad ones in
1: there <laughs> i've only seen six Sense. i haven't seen any of his other movies i'm kind of scared to because i feel like none of them are good so
0: the thing is no i i definitely think unbreakable is a great movie and i personally really like signs his newer stuff is whatever it's the visit the interesting thing about this is the scenes that stick out to me from m night Shyamalan movies aren't the actual plot twist scenes because that's what we're going for right like it's the idea of the plot twist is enough you actually don't need to coat the scene with anything cool or anything like that because the plot twist is completely fine on its own. You don't need to make it fancy. But then I think there's other scenes that he does really well that sort of support the plot twist. So it's almost like the the way that things are revealed, it's more literal than I think the rest of the scenes that we're talking about. Oh, you've only seen six sense, but that reveal is that classic, like your head spinning and you're going like, oh boy, what's going on?
1: Oh yeah. I, sometimes I'm for it. Sometimes I'm against it. Like I know it's referred to a lot as like an exposition dump. Like sometimes it can feel kind of cheap in a way. Yeah. I guess it depends on how you set it up. I haven't seen his other movies, though. I think he did it really well in Six Sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Unbreakable is pretty good, too. And Unbreakable feels slower, I think, than the others. And then you get a lot of variance, I believe, from the way that the setup is given. It's like, yes, there's the exposition dump type thing. And then there's also, like, the singular reveal of one very important thing that we need. And that's, like, Signs, how Signs works. It's like, it's not a big exposition oh. dump on what you need to know, but it's like a, oh, here we go this changes everything type thing and i think we'll see that across a lot of the scenes but you can you can do so much with just a line or just even like cutaway can be enough of a thing where it's like whoa like they cut to one thing and suddenly you understand what's going on
1: (laughs) oh i know what you mean yeah
0: yeah so uh, he has a big variance in them and
1: i think blade runner 2049 had that really i think when they reveal the flashbacks were of a girl not a boy
0: oh yes okay
1: i think that was a was a cut to a like a plot twist I think right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, I think you're right. Yeah,
0: that that movie that, that is a plot twist in there. Um, and I think I like that. I like the idea that you can just show one thing, and your mind will start racing backwards. But then some movies decide to show you what's going on, and then you're like, oh.
1: Um, I think my favorite one where it's like that one reveal was Old Boy. Which, by the way, is my favorite movie of all time. You should watch it, then. Also, the way it was done. Because it wasn't, like, parts of it were exposition dump, and some of it was a little bit of a stretch. Like the, oh, we actually hypnotized you to fall in love with this very specific girl. It feels a little far-fetched the more I re-watch it, but like, the first time I watched it, I completely fell for it. So I don't know, but right. I really like the way they revealed that it was his daughter. How he opens the book, and it just shows, like, a picture of her as a child, and then her slowly growing up. There's a final yeah. picture of her, and then beside her, is a mirror and it's a and it just shows him like oh it's just so good
0: it's the kind of like you just need the frame and anyone who's seen the movie will know they're like oh that's the that's the moment
1: <laughs> yeah because that was a plot test yeah. with like no dialogue it was right, all just yes. visual yeah
0: which is a really wonderful way to do it, but I don't want to rag on the dialogue-heavy ones as well because sometimes it's like you can have a lot of fun with it, especially if it's something that feels really smart. It's like the grand reveal type twist.
1: Mm-hmm. The usual yeah, the one suspects. That I'm thinking of.
0: Usual suspects, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or even like Ocean's Eleven. It's like you you learn how masterful everything has been, and you just kind of even though you're getting information, like Usual Suspects is literally here's a here's a look at one piece of thing, and then it shows you what the connected piece of information to it was. I whatever spoilers basically you learn like you look at the he looks at the board and you see everything that uh, kaiser sozi but like i forget his like other name that he's using that he's been looking at and you connect it to a name in the story and it shows you and you're like whoa like that's that's the slow reveal of everything going on yeah and it's this kind of head spinning the red lines are connected <laughs> across the thing and you just kind of go wow i just really respect that uh, and the reveal is made to be very very dramatic but it, it works really well another movie that does that on. that's not on here is like gone girl
1: mm, yeah
0: yeah gone girl is like i think that su- one was
1: kind of an exposition dump it oh, absolutely is
0: bit. an exposition dump. it's a diary entry the- exactly but because the dialogue is so sharp and the vocal performance well it's a voiceover I think mostly by Mm -hmm. uh, Rosamund Pike is so good I don't care that she's telling me everything about the plan because there's so much of the movie left too I think that's another thing is that the placement of these scenes if you have a plot twist very late it can feel cheap because suddenly you're like oh the movie's over great and you're like okay you're just kind of sitting with that but this one comes super early because now you have to stew with that knowledge and it truly is like changing the it's another one where the vibe of the movie kind of changes from a pretty standard like murder mystery not well not a murder mystery but a mystery into what it ends up being so gone is another example that just popped into my head
1: another thing i want to say about usual suspects i remember jordan peele in an interview he said if you can pull off some kaiser soze shit why not pull <laughs> off some kaiser soze shit and i'm a little nervous that he said that because i feel like with get out and us they both have kaiser Sozy shit in it but i don't want him yeah. to turn into another m night Shyamalan where every movie you watch you expect a big plot twist from him
0: that's the thing with m night you like even if he releases a movie now i'm like okay what's the twist gonna be and that makes it just not not as, as impactful yeah i yeah. don't want that to happen to Peel. that's a great point i did not know he said that and i'm now a little more hesitant for nope but
1: yeah some other ones we have arrival here too which is another one that we really liked. That one came sort of towards the end, like right before the Mm -hmm. climax, actually, which is something that I liked. I don't think the other ones do that at all, actually. Like a lot of them have the plot twists right at the very, very end, like at the end, after the climax, after everything's, all the dust settled. Or it's like, I guess Ex Machina also had it like at the climax.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. X-Men is at the, the climax.
1: But Arrival really like pulled a full swisheroo, like, completely recontextualized it at like the most crucial that, the point. The number
0: It's the number one on this list because it's the first movie that came to, at least I think my mind and maybe your mind, it was just, the movie shows you a little bit of it and then you can connect the rest of the dots. You're like, oh crap, that's yeah. what was happening.
1: And I love the way they established it too. How they had the montage of her growing up and dying at the beginning of the movie. I thought Mm -hmm. that was so clever.
0: I think it's a big thing in a plot twist to use footage from earlier in the movie, but I like the setup of this so much more because it feels like it's been way more carefully thought
1: of. Yeah. It's like they're using editing techniques against you. They treat it exactly like a flashback, exactly like a backstory. And then all of a sudden there's one scene where they talk about non-zero-sum game and then you realize... Like, the, in the flashback, she remembers the word that she says in the modern day. And it's like, wait, yeah. I thought this was a flashback. Why did she say that? And yeah, then... It, it shivers.
0: It, it really does make you go holy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then the other one we have here is Eyes Wide Shut. I love how the whole movie revolves around that one scene. And how ridiculous of a shift it makes how it's like the whole beginning of it is just like things slowly building up and thinking what the hell is going to happen where is all this leading like it feels so strange and vague and then the the scene is like in the dead center of the movie and then the second half of the movie is just what the hell happened that that actually happened it's
0: horror-esque in some ways i I i find um uh like the general mood of it I and mean, the whole movie the movie's definitely not a horror movie but like there are parts of it where i'm like oh yeah like the mood the mood is there
1: i also love eyes Wide shit because yeah. of that scene it's just so and everything leading up to it like it's like it puts you in a trance almost or at least mm-hmm. i found that if that makes sense
0: that's a, that's a good way to describe that movie for sure i i do like eyes with shit I think yeah.
1: cool. and the amount of uh conspiracy theories that come out of that like middle scene
0: <laughs> extra extra cool we have our next category good scenes.
1: Yeah. I feel like this, scene could, this list could be just an infinite list of movies, but
0: yeah, it's super long. So we've tried to just narrow it down. In fact, now I'm looking at the first one. It kind of also belongs in the last category, but
1: yeah, it does. before we get to it, that.
0: I mean, it's hard to say what is a good scene. I mean, what it's so <laughs> difficult because it, it depends so much on the movie that you're watching, what techniques have been going on. There's movies that if you put this scene in another movie, it would be garbage but it's just working really well with the atmosphere of what's been set up.
1: Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. It's just a lot of setup for these scenes. Most of these, I think, are the climax of the scene, honestly.
0: Let's try to use what one element (laughs) is the standout. What one film element? Taking you back to your film school. Pick a film element from each scene that we talk about and why it just stands out so much to you something technical like the lighting of the scene the, di- uh, the dialogue the acting that's what i mean yeah uh, well, let's start with the first one that was going to be in previous category Might okay as well... well
1: for the first one i think it's the dialogue yes and it's just yeah and the acting. And, all, and the acting
0: oh but the cinematography <laughs> see this the is the problem
1: well it was it's only so that one shot, shot that i think there's of. that
0: one shot yeah but the color the co- use of color in this movie is phenomenal are we ever going to say oh, the yeah. title uh, it's paris,
1: paris texas, texas.
0: <laughs> yeah so like pause if you haven't seen paris texas watch paris it's like probably one of my five favorite movies at all it's up there it's, it's, up, I there. Love it's paris up there it's up there it's so good i own the blu-ray for it and it's just sometimes you just put it on and just you just vibe to it it's an amazing movie
1: yeah i i was kind of not feeling it for the first half of the movie yeah. Like, I think the first hour and a half, you're like, oh, this is okay, it's okay, it's kind of going on a little bit, but then the second half hits, and you're like, oh, that's why it's so long. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was all just, like, slowly building up, leading up to this. I feel like the first half of the movie all takes place in the span of, like, maybe a month, two months. And then the second half of the movie all takes place in like two days. Like the, like they spend all that time leading you all the way up just to make yeah. those like those two days or like those two specific uh, meetings that the main character mm-hmm. has with his long lost wife. It makes those two like 10 to 20 minute meetings so much more crucial.
0: Yeah. In a meta sense, like the movie is so long and you're, you are waiting so long. Obviously you can't wait the amount of time this guy has been waiting, but it proportionally I feel like it's that kind of release where you have this long, arduous wait and then suddenly you kind of get it really quickly and the emotions are overwhelming.
1: They really yeah. draw out those scenes too, which I love. They do. Yeah. yeah. The first meeting I was like holding my breath the whole time. The second meeting
0: you're just letting it out. I don't know. <laughs> the second meeting Yeah. Is- It's so emotional. Like, that's the best word I can say for it, is that it is just pure, just emotion thrown out. You don't, honestly, like, sometimes I'm scared to show this movie to people because I think that the content of the scene is very controversial, or it's very personal, and it's very, um...
1: It is controversial, yeah.
0: It is controversial, but I've never heard anyone talk about it because I think the emotion is just so overwhelming. You just kind of get it. And it's a confession of sorts and a reflection on basically an entire life and it really just hits you so hard like a
1: truck yeah yeah
0: (laughs) awesome awesome time
1: and that that shot that we were talking about the use of reflection
0: it's one of my favorites of all time that it's fantastic
1: next one uh marriage story that scene made me cry oh yeah the scene where he punches the wall
0: yeah the, the scene that has now been turned into a meme
1: the scene that i said like there's no way I would watch that in a movie theater ever. I'm so happy it's only on Netflix that I could watch nice. it at home alone. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's an intimate thing that you want. I remember you said you wanted to just be intimate. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you don't so know that scene, so much emotion
0: ramping up. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's like a... I don't even think you need the build up to it. You can watch the scene alone and get it. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's so much more impactful. The build up helps. Yeah.
0: It's like something, you know, deep seated things that two people want to always wanted to say to each other. And it comes out and you're I'm sure everyone's been in that kind of situation where you're like, I just want to tell you how I feel, but not in a positive way. Not not positive feelings. Not really. Somewhat. But it is. Yeah, it is intense. And again, it's another it's another acting. I think it's the dialogue and it's the acting.
1: And it's another thing that I think is built up because I think before that scene everything they do is either with lawyers present or with their kid present. Like mm-hmm. they're never alone in a room together. That's the first scene I think where they actually get to really talk to each other.
0: Yeah. Here's another one with a fairly, not a cathartic moment, but one that's like maybe a little bitter, bit, sweet. But, uh, yeah. Very bitter. Very sweet. Uh, Schindler's list. It's the end of the movie because a lot of these scenes are going to be from the end of the movie. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, it's a, it's a scene where he realizes that he could have, given up even more of his material wealth to save more people yeah and again acting it's it's all in Liam Neeson's just voice as it quivers and he he just desperately says that this pin could have been two more people his car could have been six more and it's you really feel that and you feel how everyone else out there really wants to be like you know you've done you've done as much as you can but
1: (laughs) and I think this is one where the music I think played a big role on it too yes the, the theme for schindler's list is beautiful absolutely beautiful it is
0: fantastic and here's another one with some music talk about sound talk about
1: music portrait of a lady on fire And this one the song plays a big role in the story too i think mm-hmm. i feel like the camera movement too yeah how do i it's... how do we even talk about, i don't even know where to start with this one
0: it's, it's again it's a release these are all releases
1: <laughs> yeah this one's also very sad these two girls that fall in love with each other or one of them is like royalty considered royalty and she has to marry to some man but this final scene where they they're at the same concert but they don't see each other or at least they refuse to look at each other there's a I can't explain much of it because there's so much depth attached to it that they talk about throughout the movie there's a lot more to it than like if you were to watch this scene on its own you'd think yeah it's kind of sad but this one is like the context behind it really matters so I can't really explain explained it too much but
0: again a, a heart a, a big recommend i think it's because it's an excellent movie oh yeah oh here's one that we've we haven't talked about before i think
1: <laughs> yeah inglorious bastards yeah. Hmm. yeah this helps that <laughs> this movie is broken up into like chapters once again it's chapter one and chapter four we talked about chapter 1, didn't we in last episode? We did. We it's did, like a yeah. scene in itself, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much else we can say. I feel like we've already talked about this scene enough.
0: I think we can just go past it, whatever. It's in Bastards. Go like you, you know it or you don't. You there's a billion think pieces on it. Have a good time if you have. Yeah. <laughs> I'll move on to something more recent and I want to sell this movie. So, I'll try like, well, I don't I... even think it really spoils it. It doesn't okay. spoil. I'm going to try okay. my best not to spoil. Okay, it can, doesn't spoil. Yeah. It
1: doesn't spoil. Okay.
0: Drive my car. The new movie, um, out of Japan that won, I think, best international feature, right, yep. just recently at the Oscars. Yep. I love this movie. I think it's fantastic, and it is filled with scenes that are just. It's that mix of just really mundane and the, th- the stuff that I think you would really like, Like it gives me Ozu-esque vibes where it's like, it's just kind of, it's like a breeze that like, goes through you. The scenes are so breezy. They're so airy. They just, you feel them, you you get the emotion out of them, and then we move on to the next one. Hmm. But this scene is not that. In a vacuum, by itself, the scene is not really that powerful or meaningful. It is a performance that someone gives without any words essentially. And it's not even really linked it is linked to the themes of the whole movie. It is basically it's the play within a play concept mm. that we see in like I don't know like Hamlet or whatever. And the way that it's delivered without words and you're just sitting there in silence just sort of reading what's going on, it's incredible. It like it is the kind of emotion that <laughs> makes you go whoa. Like I don't even it's so confusing. It it's it, in the way that like how exactly it makes me feel, but it's extremely moving, in my opinion. You look back at the whole movie and you think this is the kind of journey that you've gone on, and this is this is sort of where it ends. This is the the climax of what's going on, but it's not. There's more after it, uh, or I mean, that's not the definite. But it, like, there's this. This honestly isn't actually the climax. It's, it's, it's quite far after the climax, but it's it's more of a thematic climax of what what really it all clicks for you right here and then you kind of ruminate on it for the rest of your day the thing from this is that it's it's an unorthodox performance right i'm gonna like it's it's sign language you, you the thing is done in sign it's basically a monologue of sign language and i don't know what else i can say for that it's it, that's a pretty unique thing i think you don't see a lot of sign language monologues i know Coda just one best picture but yeah. don't worry about that. that that that's you know that's unique um it's very very well done and it's very it connects everything super nicely in a nice little neat bow it's all it's so good that i wish the movie kind of ended when this scene ended it doesn't and i'm kind of cheesed that it doesn't but i just like the scene the way it wraps up so well i might just go watch this movie again after this
1: you actually reminded me of another movie you know burning yes 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 you reminded me of the like the scene like dead in the center the girl starts she talks about how she went to africa and there was some like dance that she learned and it's like oh that seems kind of silly it seems kind of stupid and then it's like you see the performance like with the Mm -hmm. music and the like the setting and it's like damn this it's like completely left
0: out of this category or yeah are those like those monologue type scenes there's so many that w- that aren't in here but there's already so many that are in here the, that that one monologue that just a phenomenal actor gives that you're like damn like i'm gonna listen to that <laughs> i like that i'm gonna memorize that speech
1: oh yeah the yeah, lighthouse
0: the lighthouse. Yeah, the lighthouse. Uh, the lighthouse thing was on my was my phone wallpaper for a while. It's just the entire speech that Willem Defoe gives in anger. And that's such a great scene that doesn't have any real outward meaning. <laughs> it's just so well done. I think that's something oh, yeah. we might be missing from this list or just scenes that literally don't mean anything. They're just phen- phenomenal and they're there. That's it.
1: <laughs> we kind of have that. We have scenes that don't mean anything. In a sense, kind we of. Have,
0: yeah, yeah, I guess it's just like it's just something like a neat little thing that you're like, oh, that's kind of cool, but you don't really. It doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme. You could take it out of the movie, but it's just a well-made scene.
1: Uh, another one we have. This mm-hmm. is an intense one, Interstellar. This one, I think, yeah. the music plays a huge, huge role. Absolutely, it's the only. Absolutely. Thing the docking scene yeah. everyone knows the docking scene everyone remembers the docking scene that's the only yeah. scene if that you see
0: interstellar this is probably that landmark scene for you it is for me this is what i think about when i think of the movie
1: yeah it is for me too also the the big waves i think mm. it was cool i just like big things if that makes sense like massive yeah. scale i feel like that's like what makes movies so great is that they can make someone docking a spaceship so intense like that yeah mm-hmm. like how does a movie make you cry over a guy losing a volleyball you know yeah, yeah like, exactly i haven't seen drive my car but like how does it make you like so in love with uh like a uh sign language performance even though you don't understand sign language
0: yeah yeah exactly or um, i don't know like how does how do you get like what, what were we talk about last time in the mood for love like how do you get like just going for going for food so tragic
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> how do you just kill kill someone's emotions by just uh yeah but yeah I, I, um interstellar like just the spectacle of it you know it's just the power of the sound and everything going on you don't need there's no deeper meaning
1: i think it's one of like the perfect blockbuster movies
0: yeah again very low representation of action films on here but yeah maybe we'll do an entire thing on action sequences because there's so many good like i can't i can't give so many examples but just something that always gets me is just a phenomenal action scene even if it's not like you know what's a great you know what has a great action scene extraction extraction is like whatever movie It's the chris hemsworth movie that's like co-produced with india whatever it has a phenomenal action scene it's just a great scene like it's just so much fun to watch and it's the kind of thing we're not talking about here but at some point we'll do we'll do something action related (laughs) we'll give it the love it deserves Uh, so here we go um this is one of my favorite movies of all time it's manchester by the sea and if you've seen this movie i think you know what that one scene is <laughs> in Manchester by the Sea. It's the it's the Oscar real one. It's the one where everyone was like, "Oh boy." However, this movie I think has a lot of individual scenes that really stand out. I'm going to rattle through them and spoil the hell out of this movie. So,
1: before you do that, the scene that stood out to me the most not because of like emotions or stuff. I didn't think it was the best, you know, just the most memorable scene was the scene when you find out that his house burned down.
0: Yes, that's a good that's that's a
1: great one. I mean, it's I don't I don't know if that's the scene you're talking about. though. That
0: is not the scene I'm talking about. So I'll go in order because the scene I'm talking about is all like pretty close to the end. I'm just going to go through rattle through some great scenes. OK, I'm just going to rattle through the scenes in this movie. I love I love that scene. I love the reveal of what happened to the house burning down. I love the scene with. Patrick having a panic attack and man I forgot the, the character's name but he comes at um Casey Affleck's character comes in and tries to calm him down. I really like the the portrayal of that emotion there. It's really well done. I really like the scene where he's in the police station because you just see right. a completely defeated person. <laughs> and yeah. it is extremely, I guess, emotional. Um, I love the very last scene of this film because it is just melancholy. It's like bittersweet in a sense. It's just two people kind of playing catch. And that's it. That's just like a really nice way to wrap up the thing. It's not some grand reveal on everything that's happened. It's just, and so we go on. But the scene that I'm talking about, the scene in this movie, which is acting with like a twirled mustache, is the confrontation i guess between casey affleck's character and his ex-wife played by michelle williams yeah the conversation they have about basically a horrific event happens in this movie and it naturally as you would expect breaks up this marriage and they speak again after a very long time and it is just emotion it's like it's just emotion after emotion it's it's like first you get some hollowness and then you get something you get a lot of regret and you know you get a lot of forget like people um, one of the characters asking for forgiveness and it's just everything's out there for you to, <laughs> for you to see yeah yeah and you don't expect it i don't think because it it's just kind of like a oh they just run into each other kind of thing and that's what i really like about it because it just feels realistic where it's like you just run into someone and then you have like a life-changing like
1: cry i kind of expected it i felt like it was kind of common fair enough fair enough it was like it was like the marriage story thing for me like, mm. oh, this, like, all oh, this big event happened, and now this is the first time they're finally alone together. I was like, something's going to happen here. That's true. That's true. That's true.
0: But I think I wouldn't have been surprised if the movie didn't have them interact, because it was also a sad way to go, I guess. But
1: yeah. yeah. I was saying also the fact that she wanted to, like, meet up and stuff. Yeah, like, saw, okay. like, found out that he was in town. I was like, oh, they're mm-hmm. gonna, there's going to be something here at some point.
0: Yeah. But, hey, powerful scene, right? Acting. Powerful scene. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And then the final one here? Uh, oh, it's mine again, I guess. Um I, I is don't a know scene this movie. In a movie Okay, so do you you know Steve McQueen, right? It's a, it's from his anthology like two years ago, Love. um small acts the it was like i think it was on amazon prime or something it's a bunch of movies about uh about london in a certain period of time and how you know immigrants uh to london that were i don't know the exact country so i don't want to be like <laughs> i'm not sure it's like immigrants that were from like the, i guess the caribbean and stuff and then parts of africa kind of like came to london and they're sort of uh stories growing up there and so this is one specific one lovers rock is a movie it's it's very short it's like an hour and 10 minutes the movie is a house party and what it is is, it's a, like you get a little bit of the setup of the house party, then you get the events of the house party, and then you follow a few characters after what happens at the house party. And there isn't really any tension. There are some things that happen that are not good, but all in all, it's kind of you see a bunch of people escaping from their troubles and going to this party to just let loose. Something I very much relate with now. This scene is where a song is played. This is it. Like I can spoil this for you. You when you watch it, it'll it'll still hit. A song is played and. Everyone starts dancing to it, and that's it. All you get, you get close ups of people dancing together. It's like 10 minutes long. They're just dancing, they're having a good time, and then. That like literally, that's, you you see some of the little storylines that we've seen in the party. You see, there's one storyline with a guy who's being a bit creepy towards someone. You see a little bit of that. You see two people who just meet at the party and they're sort of starting to get together. All that stuff is happening, and you're just watching it in parts of the movie. It's very like slice of life. It's a very joyous scene, I think. This is sort of like a pace down. We're, we're ha- we had a lot of dancing music earlier. We're going down. And it's this like beautiful kind of like love song that they're going with, and there's a point where they break out into sort of song. They start singing it, and the music turns off and. And then the rest of the scene continues with them singing it. And it is incredible. Like the the feeling that you get is insane. Like I, I'm like, I wish I had that. I wish I've done this because it's just so raw. And there's no story whatsoever. It's just people singing in a group. That's it.
1: Is this the Steve McQueen I'm thinking about? The 12 Years a Slave Steve McQueen? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: that sounds great it's just i would not expect that coming from him
0: the other shorts are much more directed like lover's rock is weird within this series of shorts because it's very much it's more plotless it doesn't really have like a a strong moral center to it like the other one like the one before i think the first one's mangrove and it's about a restaurant owner who gets his restaurant like taken away And then you get some stuff, you get another one that's about like, I forget. It's like, it's about like something about education and like police brutality, but this one has none of that. In fact, it's, there's no one, there's no one white in this move in this one at all. It's just kind of like, it's a much more internal look at what's going on within this community and how people are escaping it. So there is like a deeper meaning to it, but you could also just view it as an hour long view of a house party. It's this scene is incredible. I sometimes, um it's so good that I love the song that's in this scene, but I will sometimes pull up the, the movie version just so i can hear like the acapella go off because it's so nice
1: that sounds fun i would watch that i definitely watch that i like very human movies because this sounds like a very human movie
0: this is extremely human
1: (laughs) yeah so this is the final uh category we have which is what's this doing here which are scenes that stand out from a movie because you don't know what the hell they're doing there (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep or they just maybe don't fit in like a a thematic way or maybe they're just done in a completely different style
0: not necessarily bad just
1: different yeah i find that a lot of uh comedy movies will do this yeah just because it's like element of surprise i guess yes yeah. like tropic thunder is a good one like just the fact that there's a whole dance sequence at the end
0: but but even that's like it's still in the vibe of comedy like you know you're trying it's trying to make you laugh so you're like okay i understand
1: it <laughs> actually something i loved about tropic thunder uh, was how it starts with fake ads and fake previews. Yes, yes. I absolutely love that. I wish more movies
0: did that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's actually just, it tells you what the characters are like as well and it's it does a really good job of actually serving a purpose as well as being incredibly funny so funny. i know
1: i think this movie is heavily underrated i feel like people just know it as robert downey jr in blackface and like oh it was controversial and whatever but it was so well done
0: my my housemates like think it's the funniest movie of all time and i'm I'm not in disagreement
1: (laughs) i think it's so clever it's just the humor is stupid but i like the movie i thought it was funny
0: if there's enough weird scenes though
1: yeah if there's enough weird scenes maybe it's like all none them
0: are truly weird
1: (laughs) yeah like alejandro yadoraski type stuff (laughs) like all of his scenes are just like what the hell is this that the whole thing is just like yeah i can't really say much
0: sure why not
1: (laughs) why not why not have a guy with a tommy gun that's like the size of a building why not have a cult where they cut off every man's dick for no reason whatsoever it's just like
0: Yeah. yeah everything's weird then nothing's weird that's just how it goes yep
1: of course, they're not all funny. Yeah. Some of them are just like creepy scenes. In yeah, there's movies.
0: uh, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of them. Uh, I didn't have any of them in here, but there's a lot of scenes that scarred you as a kid. Type ones where they're like, "Why is this extremely terrifying
1: scene in my? Yeah, kids Spider-Man, like, brave little toaster, Spider-Man two, yeah." Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi. Mr. Evil Dead Man. It makes sense now that I know he's the evil dead guy. But like Doc Ogg breaking out of that hospital, he used to scare me.
0: Yeah, he just random extreme horror movie opening type thing. Like, okay, okay, thanks. Thanks for that.
1: I remember because we have uh, one of those cars where they had TV screens on the back of the seat so you could watch movies on them. <laughs> and so I'd watch them with my siblings on like road trips and whatever. And then it yeah. was always like, oh, there's that scene. Everyone cover your eyes and like That's plug your so ears. Fun. It was like that. It's only that one scene. And then I'd wait. And then like my brother, because he's older, he'd say, "Okay, the scene's over. And then we'd be like back to normal. Wow. hated That scene (laughs) scene had a big effect. I used to be so scared as a child. But yeah, that scene was like, I think that was like the first time I ever watched something horror-esque.
0: Yeah, it probably was for me, too. I just don't remember being like terrified of it, but I was just probably not paying attention. I don't know.
1: I was also oddly terrified by Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
0: I don't think it's oddly. Terrified, yeah. that movie is, is weird as shit. <laughs> the scene doesn't belong where it is,
1: yeah. The part where they make like a top, ta- the chocolate Taj Mahal and it just starts melting. There's nothing actually scary about it now that I watch it again, but like something about the way they reveal it was just like it's just creepy well. to me, yeah. are like the dolls yeah. that that start burning yeah. when they there's like...
0: actually more than I think, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> it's a kid's movie, but like, what's going on here? It's Tim
1: yeah. Burton, you know,
0: it's Tim Burton. One that kind of popped into my head from earlier, and this is like I. I don't think it's a bad scene. I don't think it I don't think you cut that you should cut this out of the movie, but Adam Driver singing in Marriage Story is a very like what's going on
1: type moment for me anyway. I was like,
0: "Oh, oh, he's singing now. Oh, okay, what's going on?" I
1: can see it just like getting out his emotions in some way. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's just an interesting pace changer, I guess which I think yeah. would probably work in here as well. There's also like, again, this is unreal. I'm just going to go on a random quick tangent, quick fire. Uh, Blade Runner, Uh, th- why why is this scene here as a negative? I don't need to see him zooming in and enhancing an image for like 10 minutes. It is really
1: not necessary. Oh, maybe it was one of those like at the time. Like, oh, yeah, this is maybe. what technology could be.
0: I love Blade Runner. I'll admit I fell asleep the first time I watched it. I just couldn't get through. I was like 16, but still. Yeah, that scene is really unnecessarily long and it just shouldn't be there. It's not even like a... It be- Belongs in a different movie. Just doesn't really belong in a movie. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's something about the tension of it.
1: It And also stupid. I think is there some like versions, like restricted versions of movies, where it's like the government had to, like the actual government had to change the ending because they didn't agree with it, and that's just like the most I hate that unexciting. I mean, thankfully we live in a country where that doesn't happen, but I feel like that kills the mood for a lot of things.
0: Anyone else kills the mood? Unnecessary sex. <laughs> this is an amazing segue. Incredible segue. Leave this part in. <laughs> okay. Unnecessary sex scene. Yeah god i hate these i hate these they really annoy me and it's like it's not even because it's awkward now it just feels like oh this is a good time maybe they do it on purpose like it's a good time to go to the washroom because you you know what's gonna happen it's just a sex scene in the middle of the movie do you know any really bad culprits like worst random sex scenes
1: i don't know about random but i can name excessive okay sure like blue is the warmest color i think was excessive yeah and then when you learn about the behind the scenes thing it gets worse (laughs) oh what's i don't know the behind the scenes thing
0: there was a lot of uh like forcing to to do stuff um with blue uh, warmest color so Uh, it makes it all the worse (laughs) yeah
1: i mean i could kind of see it i was like oh i guess you could see how different them having sex was compared to when she had sex with the guy in the beginning but like yeah it was like 10 minutes i was like oh okay the movie was like three hours it's like 30 minutes of it it's just watching people have sex i was like, yeah yeah you know the room is also a culprit but the room is the culprit for a lot of things
0: i honestly i don't know the room <laughs> sex scene belongs in that movie that is a necessary sex scene <laughs> to the enjoyment of the movie i don't think you can take that out It's just not it
1: i mean <laughs> i guess because it's like purposely like everything i don't know i don't know what to say about the room
0: yeah fine that that might get its own thing that which, deserves which, its own out. thing It does, it does. Uh, Shows do it a lot. I mean, look, I love Game of Thrones, but there's a lot of just like, okay, time for a sex scene going on in there.
1: I think the only movie I've seen that like where it feels necessary or like is crucial to the plot and it's done well, I feel like the handmaiden did it well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. And um I think like in a like a romance or romantic comedy, like it's fine. You can you can leave them in. It's just like in movies that like are like like an action movie where you're like you know you're like, Oh, okay, these two leads are gonna bang and might as well just like okay, count the seconds until they <laughs> until we get oh. the sex scene and then we can move on.
1: What is it, three hundred? The second 300. 300. Not the first 300. (laughs) The the second
0: 300. The second 300 has a gratuitous. No, the first 300 also has a gratuitous sex scene, but at least there's like a plot thing going on in it. Like, i don't There's remember reason why it's the hunchback and he's like being seduced and he's been given like whatever what it's a it's a meaningful one the second one is so unnecessarily like almost porn level
1: it's like, like why did they like their enemies what is why
0: that, yeah it also just doesn't really make sense
1: yeah also i get that it's kind of like tradition to have it in every james bond movie now yeah so i guess that doesn't really count but like i feel like it kind of it mildly counts that one's like it's tradition though but like mm-hmm. That sounds kind of weird. Oh, unnecessary sex scenes are tradition.
0: Oh yeah, it is strange, but uh, I think that's all I got on scenes. There's so many. I mean, we're gonna constantly be talking about good scenes forever, <laughs> every episode, I guess. But it was nice to focus on some of our favorites, and I don't know. Maybe we'll revisit and look at other ones down the line. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so oh, many. Like I. think
1: I think *Inglorious Bastards* also had a stupid, stupid, like, five seconds in the middle of when Shoshana's introduced to all the people at the dinner, and yeah. then she sees those, like, those two guys, like, I think one of them's German, and then one of them's, like, the French interpreter, and she just stares at them, and Then there's just five seconds of watching them fuck. And I was like, what is this? what is this? What? <laughs> really? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs>
0: wait really i i don't remember this at all <laughs> what the hell
1: probably because it's so unnecessary
0: oh what the you like surprised i'm like did i like misremember something of maybe i guess so huh
1: yeah, stupidness okay <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but um uh that's that's it for today yeah take care watch the watch these movies i think we mentioned a lot i only mentioned a fraction of like i didn't even mention most of my favorite movies on here
1: if you were okay give them like five movies here three to five movies that i like definitely watch like three
0: to five from us each or just we should just do total i think each okay well i'm gonna say paris texas
1: i would also say paris texas (laughs) there's a common Um, one big one
0: i'll say drive my car
1: portrait of a lady on fire
0: uh lovers rock
1: old boy audition
0: fair warning for both those movies though don't go if you're squeamish yeah
1: eyes wide shut
0: we'll go with Oh, Manchester by the Sea. I'll recommend that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of movies, of but stuff. those are all awesome
1: movies. great, great, great movies. So. Yeah, fantastic. So,
0: yeah, well, uh, we'll see you next week. I've been Ayush. And I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening to Tasia.